welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. Happy holidays, everybody. It's, uh, it's Sunday, so and the Eagles are on today. They're playing Gary Vaynerchuk's The Jets. Um, and yes, I need you to know that I never liked football. And that my father-in-law used to ask me to watch football with him every Sunday. And I didn't want to. One, because he used to be mean when I first met him. And I didn't, you know, which I get because I was dating his daughter and we would make out. But uh, the other thing is I would tell him I couldn't watch football with him because I was recording the games at home. And I was going to watch them later so I could hang out with my wife. And that was a lie. I never watched football with him. Uh, And now I... Now I regret that. Actually, I don't regret it because I would have hated watching football. It was sucked. I didn't like it then. I'm such a late bloomer in everything. (laughs) I didn't drink a beer until I was like 35 years old or something like that. Didn't watch football until like three years ago. Anyway, welcome to Sunday Night Teacher Talk. One of the things I'm thinking about a lot this week, a lot, a lot, is, uh, you know, I'm doing, and this isn't just a plug, but it ties in, right? One of the beautiful things about running your own business is you can do whatever you want. You can sell whatever you want. You can, you can promote whatever you want and you don't have to ask anybody's permission for anything. So I really get to just like, because sometimes, you know, in school, like you have to teach stuff that you don't really want to teach, or it's not your jam, or it's like a book that you don't really care about. And you're like, why am I teaching this again? Or a subject or whatever. Um, when you're in your business, you can do whatever you want. So uh, I'm doing this deal. I, I, I worked out this deal. I've, I've worked for Hout Mifflin Harcourt a number of times because I just think that largely they're like one of the most progressive brands I've ever worked with. They say yes to everything. They try everything. And they and I love I love that about them. Right. And and again, in schools, we're used to being told no when you have like some kind of new and innovative idea. Uh, you get no a lot. So to have someone say yes to basically everything I've ever asked them has been really great. So they asked me to do a workshop and I came up with this idea um, to do a workshop on like self-care, but like also like self-care for you, self-care and like, how are you dealing with your students' social emotional health? How are you dealing with your social emotional health? And your and especially within a year that has been so chaotic for so many people um, that like, how can we learn the skills to actually thrive instead of just survive the school year. So we came up with this idea of um, it's, it's called prioritize the us that or prioritize the you and us. And so we're having a workshop. It is completely free. Um, I'll put the, I'll, I'll pin the, after this, I'll pin the link. So if anyone wants to sign up, it's completely free. It's on Saturday, January 22nd. We just felt like that was a really good time of the year. Um, although it's on a Saturday for like, you're back from winter break. Um, now, how are you going to get through the rest of the year, right? So it's like there's no there's no, there are no breaks in the foreseeable future. Um, how are we going to get through the rest of the year? And I have a lot of ideas on that. So I partner with them. So instead of like charging people to come to one of my workshops, I'm doing it through HMH. Um, it is free to anyone that wants to attend. And so I'll put that link out there. But one of the things I'm really thinking about this holiday season is that we need to remember that we are a priority also. That with all the things that you have going on, whether it's buying gifts or getting a tree or um, 
facilitating like dinners and things of that nature or going to holiday parties or doing secret Santas and all that stuff that comes up, it's really, really important for you to remember that you are a priority. So what if you made you important this month? So like, you know, again, we were out last night, we were Christmas shopping and it was like, let's like pick up a bottle of wine for when we go home and let's um let's like take our time and go look in some stores that just we want to look in instead of rushing around. And then we went to Cinnabon again. And, uh, you know, everybody you know you gotta wear <laughs> bring your sweatpants that's all i'm saying and we just like split a cinnabon and we sat on a bench in the mall and it was just nice it's just like a nice like you get to just be a part of the holiday season instead of like do 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 because you know like... what the holiday season feels like it feels like that scene in home alone when everyone woke up late and they're like running around the house and it's yeah. all madness and i want to kind of be kevin up in the attic just sleeping like i'll get up when i'm ready and then I'm going to have ice cream for breakfast. That's all I'm doing. Um, I didn't really eat ice cream for breakfast. And I don't promote that. But I just think that's important to remember that you are a part of this. Uh, you're important. So just prioritize yourself sometimes. And so um, anyway, I'd love for people to be a part of that. It's going to be a really great event. I'm hosting it with my friend Noelle Morris, who is the creator of Read 180. Um, and she's just an awesome human being. She's one of those people that like, every time I talk, I'm pretending you're talking to me. I'm really going to get someone to pretend <laughs> I'm going to get a co-host when my mannequin comes in, <laughs> when my mannequin's back in stock, I'm going to just put them on here with me. Okay. Great idea. All right. Are you ready for um, a question? Yeah. Anyway, let me just say this. Hey, my name is CJ Reynolds. I run this channel called real rap with Reynolds. And this is Sunday night. Teacher talk is it a channel is a show on Sundays where a whole bunch of us show up together and we talk about all of this stuff. Um, with regards to education, with regards to to being a better version of ourselves and being the teachers that we're really called to be. So how we roll this on Sundays is you can drop any question you want in the question uh, section. You can also um, go in and uh, we're more than happy to like, you know, if you drop your question, I just, well, I'm kind of all over the place. What I want you to know is I'm not the only person answering because you just never know if Tracy Pinter is going to drop some gems in there. You never know if uh, really who's going to be in there. You don't know if Stephanie Shook's just going to start giving you some some jewels. You don't know if Miss Gonzalez, the art teacher, is going to start dropping gems and leaving you with stuff. And basically, there's also John Lopez, the godfather, um, who might, <laughs> whatever he tells you, you should just do immediately. So, ready, buddy? Yeah, let's get started. Go ahead. Okay, uh, Jacob is up first. He's asking, okay. are you only teaching the freshmen now? You used to talk about both your ninth and 10th students. How is building, and how has building relationships changed since seeing students in the classroom for one year as opposed to two? Uh, not so much. So, Jacob, I used to teach, so here was the dream. I had a particular co-teacher that I taught with, and we taught these students in ninth grade. It, went, it was so great, so epically great that we were like, yo, we should just teach together all day. So let's teach those kids in 10th grade too. So then there's no learning loss. We know exactly who everyone is. We know how they work. We know what groups to put them in. Like all that stuff that you would have to think about um, on the front end just disappeared. And the beauty was we knew all of the kids. And so the, and everyone in there was like, most of those kids were kids that like nobody else kind of went to deal with. So that was the other upside for us was like, no one's going to argue that we took like these students not i can't say that for everyone but for the majority of them um they so we did that that lasted two months and my co-teacher just dipped and and left and took a different job um so then i 
that model didn't it that model was only going to work if it was the right combination of people doing that model now i do think my co-teacher now and i could pull that off also but um so that that was like a one-time thing uh i the thing that was difficult about that the only thing that was difficult about that was the planning because you're planning two books at a time it was like two parallel lesson plans and i forever i mean i just teach the same thing like i just i've been teaching ninth grade forever so i only teach ninth grade now the other the only other downside to teaching two grades was that i didn't have all the ninth graders so i still don't have all the ninth graders now i don't teach honors classes um but i want to know all as many of the ninth graders as i can coming up because the beauty of that is when you're no longer someone else's teacher i find that kids that don't even like my class that much have very fond memories of my class. Like, so kids that slept or like didn't really participate or anything, like they go to 10th grade and they're like, oh, I miss your class so much. I wish I was back in your room, blah, blah, blah. I miss being around you. So then I just eat lunch with those kids and hang out with them after school and before school and stuff like that. And that's really nice. And it's really useful to me. So um, yeah, so I don't have to do that. I, I think building relationships is so much more outside of the classroom. Like there's, I have, a ton of kids that don't have my class that like know me in, in the hallways and they like come and eat lunch with me or they come and hang out after school that like I never taught in my life but it's just that's uh such still a great place to build relationships is in the hallway all right our next question comes from Meg Cooper it's a two-parter first part she's asking first year teacher here what do you do when a student openly or criticizes you openly in front of the class that happened yes. on Friday I have a good relationship with this student and the comment was been there made in jest comparing me to the teacher they had last year but it was quite hurtful and brought my skills into question in front of students who otherwise trust me so um i've been there i don't i i think a couple of things here one meg is that I really believe that becoming a good teacher has so much more to do with us working on ourselves and it does working with other people. So it's important to think about um, now, whether you talk to a friend about this or a therapist about this or whatever, whatever your deal is, I would unpack this with someone because there's something there, right? There's something that like, and maybe that's evident to you and maybe it's not, but like, there's something there that's going to do that. I, I would think about like, look, Here's, here's what kids don't know. One, that, or you can compare me to other people, but that's what you do your whole life. Like, that's what students do is, like, compare their Instagram to someone else's, their stats to someone else's, how good I am at, at, at 2K and how much better I am than you are. Like, it's like, I don't get caught up in, the, in that world. And so that, like, I, I don't know. I just, I don't do that. So, but but kids do and kids also do things without really thinking about the the repercussions of them or how that might made someone feel or i think there's a large part in student behavior about kids especially like middle school and high school really wanting power in their lives they want to pick their own music their hairstyle their friends, the how much they're going to engage in class, how much they're not going to engage in class, what the college are going to go to, what college you're not going to go to, um, the activities and things that they choose to be a part of. 
that there's a lot of power dynamics within within that those ages. And when kids don't have a lot of power in their lives, they take power where they can get it, right? So we see this in West Philly all the time. Like there are people that are, I, I mean, I, I'm going to go ahead and speculate that they're pretty powerless because like they will do things like folks will walk in front of your car and stare at you in the eye and walk really slow, right? So to just make me have to wait for them. Like it's a power struggle, right? And it's like, I just don't have the power struggle. I'll, I'll wave or I just wait patiently. And I'm just like, I'm not going to sit here and get pissed off that you want to be all slow. Cause where are you headed? Like to your mom's basement to live next to the Christmas decorations. I don't know, but anyone I know in the world that's hustling and finding like purpose in the world is not walking across the street really slowly to hold me up. Anyone that I know in the world that feels good about themselves isn't going to take time to like to flex and like try and make me feel bad in class. So it's really about me building up my confidence so that it doesn't matter what anyone else says, right? That being said, it still affects me sometimes, right? Like if I'm not feeling at my best, the kids saying things pisses me off more and hurts my feelings. So it's, that's why it's so important to like have the morning routine to like be mindful of like what you're eating and how you're exercising, if you're meditating and, and taking good care of yourself, because it makes it doesn't make those instances happen less. It just makes you able to ride the wave better. The other thing is, I think it's having conversations with those students because what we're also teaching kids is life skills. So this isn't just about you hurting my feelings. It's, um, hey, look, we need to talk after class. I'm not sure if you've ever like actually learned how to engage with human beings, but the way to get what you want or to make yourself feel strong is not just doesn't have to be by tearing down others. Or I thought it was really interesting what you said in class today. I'd love for you to unpack that a little bit. Like what did, what, what do you think? So I'm not interested in being last year's teacher, but what I'm interested is in is helping you find the maximum amount of success. And so I'm curious as to um, where you see that falling short. I'm going to give you a voice. You want power? I'm about to give you actual power right now to have a voice to talk about things that you care about and that you're struggling with. Now that's going to go one of two ways. Either that kid is going to actually have something to say, have something to share. And then you say, look, going forward, if you want to share things with me, this is the best way to do it. Do not try to put me on blast in class because it's disrespectful. And I don't want you going around the world thinking that you can just say whatever you want, whenever you want and being disrespectful, right? Like, don't, don't do that. Like you're, you'll, you're going to lose eventually for that. And you might feel like, the man or the woman now, but you're going to, that's going to kick you in the ass later. Um, the other thing is the kid might just have nothing to say. They were saying it to just flex and it had nothing really to do with you. Um, but I get that sort of behavior from kids all the time. And so I just go, wow, that's an interesting idea. All right. Uh, keep going. And then remember this, like Meg, teaching is a craft, right? It, it is something that you grow into over time. So even if what that kid is saying has some truth to it, it's about growing into and having having some grace for yourself that it's the first year you've done this, right? Like it, the, the first year you have, you're a parent um, ever is really hard. And then you get to your second kid and it's like a little easier. By the time you get to your fourth or fifth kid, looks like you just, you don't really, you don't have to put in so much effort, right? It's like uh, <laughs> kids aren't eating organic anymore and playing with wooden toys and not listening to... Uh, watching television or anything. Um, so it's having grace with yourself and then thinking about 
is there any truth to that? Is that why this is bothering me? And if there's no truth to it, you just tell yourself, we're not going there. We don't think about these things. We don't talk about, th we're not, we're not doing this. I think that that is part of like a, an internal dialogue that um, we really have to have a strong version of so that we can show up and be the best and not have things bring us down. But look, even if it brought you down, that I, I think folks, and I know I do this too. I have a tendency of beating myself up about beating myself up right? It doesn't do anyone any good. So um, unpack it, do something with it, whatever Mr. Rogers says, whatever is mentionable is manageable. So you're mentioning it to someone, you're talking through it, and then coming up with a plan of action. And then then I, I find that I feel better when I do that stuff. All right, our Let's next go, question is coming from Stephanie Shook. How do you keep your pets away from your Christmas tree or indoor plants? My eight-month-old kitten is having Christmas for the first time and is super enthralled. Girl, I don't even know. We don't, don't have a cat. No. But I hear so many funny stories about this. Yeah, and our dog is, like, afraid of everything. Uh, <laughs> so he stays away from it. He stays away. From, I brought the tree in today, and he was like, what the hell is happening <laughs> in the world? Um, that's a good question that I don't have an answer for. We also, I feel like I've seen people put like baby gates around there. Yeah, like a decorative tree. baby gate. Get like one of those what things you put in front of your fireplace. Yeah, yeah, they're cats. See, this is what happens when you don't have it. When you've never had a cat, you don't think put a moat around it. But you put a little <laughs> bit of water. I don't um, know. Sorry, Seth. We're not very good. Someone's got to. John Lopez 100% has an answer for this. <laughs> of like, actually, in ancient times, the way people dealt with this. Okay, here's another tough one for you. Our oh, next God. question comes from oh, Laura. Gosh. Well, you're going to laugh at this one just because of the weekend we've had. Hey, Reynolds, let's talk fun. What are some of your favorite holiday traditions you do with your sweet family? We need I, happy thoughts, especially this time of year. Laura, I'm going to tell you what. I have holiday traditions that I love. Does my family want to do them with me? No, not so much this year. Like, I'm going to tell them what we did all by ourselves this first time ever. Yesterday, we went out to look for a Christmas tree. We usually go to a farm and we find one and I have a video of it. It's like maybe my third or fourth video I've ever Some put out. Right. It's like the Reynolds looking for a Christmas tree. Right. Um, and we went and they were, we went, but wait, even on the out. way, everyone just wants to be on a device with headphones in. So we're not even hanging out and I'm, we're like trying to talk and like, all right, we're out together as a family. We're doing stuff. Who? Ah, this is awesome. No one cares. So then we get there and it becomes how much, how long are we going to be here? How much longer is this going to take? Can we just get, can we just get a tree? Can we just get one? We have to walk where we have to walk all the way over there. Yeah. It's not that far guys. It's like hundred feet to the next bunch of trees. We have to walk all the way. Can we just wait here? Do we have to walk all the way over there? It is like the constant battle of like having teenagers being teenagery and not wanting to do anything with their parents. So, our son is starting to get this and move out. So last week we were at a birthday party. Um, this is, I'll give you the quick version. At a birthday party at this place called Launch, it was a trampoline park. I'm bouncing on the trampoline. Me and my wife are out there with all the kids, right? There's not another parent from the party out there. My son goes, dad, there's no other dads. There's no other parents out here on the trampoline except for like two dads. And they have little tiny kids that go, yeah, bro, we're all the parents. He goes, they're over there on the side on their phones. I said, yep. Yeah. I said, what does that tell you? And he like got it. Like it was like, like he got it. So. But he's, no, he's been no better this weekend. Nobody no. Wants. So Laura, no. I almost feel like. We went, so we went this morning. We were like, 
so aggravated that no one wanted to go looking for a tree. We just went and got a tree by ourselves this morning. And we then, didn't even tell anybody. We just went and got it. We just and went and got a tree. They came down and saw it. They didn't even say anything. They didn't even care. We like came in, put it up and all this stuff. So we're in a weird teenager um, space. We're in a weird teenager space. I'm going to tell you what I like to do in optimal years, though. What are we going to go do just ourselves if no one wants to go? We're going to go to Philly and go to, um, what's it called? Uh, the Christmas Village in Philadelphia. They have uh, or the Holiday Village or something like that. It's by City Hall. City Hall in Philadelphia is this big, beautiful building. Um, and they have a light show on it. There's also the John Wanamaker. Uh, I think it's something else now. Is it? Yeah, I don't. Whatever. Places. There's like an inside light show at the building next to it that's been around for like a hundred years or something. We do that every year. Yep. We go to. Uh, we just drive around and look at lights. We do gingerbread houses, which I hate every year. It's one of the things I don't like doing because there's never enough candy, and we always forget to buy extra candy, and no one's really worked. But I'll tell you the secret to building an excellent gingerbread house is to hot glue gun it together because no one's going to eat that thing anyway. Um, my wife bakes a lot of cookies. We, uh, like all the typical stuff, uh, Franklin square in Philadelphia is really, really great spot. They have milkshakes that they make. If you're from the Philly, Jersey area, you're going to disappoint people. They're not there anymore. No, they do. No, I think they have the crumpet one still. No, last time we were there. All right. So we used to get these milkshakes and they were, uh, made with tasty cakes. And if you're from our area, you know what a tasty cake is. It's, it's like, it's Yeah. Like if Jesus had a product line, it would be a tasty cake. So Laura, I'm sorry. I yeah. feel like we're we're disappointing you because no, we're gonna have fun. Okay, we're gonna go we're prioritizing the us and and you and us. We and <laughs> we and us. Because okay. I joined us together. So I we think have to change we the title. Move to the next All right, go ahead. It's coming from Lisa say, saying, CJ, can you tell me ways to um to quiet a class that talks constantly to each other as well as shouting out answers during lessons? I'll tell you. My reason, my ways to do this before this year were different. I have to wear a mask all day and that becomes very difficult. Even though I have a pretty loud voice, my voice is so muffled by it. And I just use like those black disposable masks um, because I was wearing like a cloth mask, but I found that was even more like it dampened my voice even more. So I don't do that. Uh, so they are, they're just they're difficult. So this year I use my megaphone to get everyone's attention. It cuts through everything. It is louder than everyone else in the room. Um, but my, I, but the tactics that I use, although I'm using a megaphone are the same. And I have a cheap megaphone. I got it for like $5 at Kohl's, but I also like, if you go in the links below this video, you can go to our Amazon page. And there's, um, there's like, I have a megaphone on there that I would, uh, that I'm actually, I'm going to purchase over the holidays. Cause I want a hot pink megaphone yeah the mine's broken the batteries pop out all the time anyway i go uh i do the same thing every time i i count backwards from five so it's not like i need you to stop immediately but i need you to stop in the next five seconds if no one listens to me then then i do it i go i'm going to do this one more time and that's it and i'm not going to raise my voice while i'm doing it and then i do it if they are quiet like if kids get it and they just quiet down and then we can move on great if they don't i have to break down why we have to be quiet that being quiet in class isn't just about me. Like there's some pushback. I, I, I actually feel some type of way about being quiet in class sometimes because I, I think that school and I, I don't just think school was created to, to create factory workers. So it's like, be quiet, speak when spoken to sit in rows. Like you can go and go to the bathroom when I tell you to go to the bathroom. Like there's all like, don't think for yourself, just regurgitate what we're doing. Don't work in groups. Like if there, that, that style of schooling I think is really damaging but 
So I want kids to know I'm not just telling you to be quiet because I want you to be quiet. And I want to hear the sound of my own voice. Why I'm asking you to be quiet is because one, you there are chances like people can't multitask. People think they can multitask, but studies show that they cannot. So you can't do one thing and, and do another at the same time. So I need you to just listen to me. I don't care if you're moving or fiddling with something or drawing on your desk. As long as you're listening, then that's what I need. But you can't talk and I talk and people can pay attention to me. Two, some people are hard of hearing or need to really pay attention. And all that external stimuli, all that other stuff is making it harder for them to focus in on what I'm saying because they can hear you over here. So for our brothers and sisters that are dealing with that sort of uh, issue, right? We are being quiet for them. Um, and then also, I don't want to say things nine times. I want to say things one time. And if you have follow-up questions, great. But just be quiet. So I go, listen, this is why we're doing this. And sometimes we're being quiet when other people are talking because their voice is important too. Because I think all of you have something important to say, that your voice is important. And that if you need me to reiterate my directions again, because you, even though you were listening, I'll do that 50 times. What I won't do is read, uh, is re like, I won't repeat my directions. If you keep talking and you weren't paying attention, then it's like, bro, find out from somebody else. I'm not saying it again. Like we, the train moved. That to me is an important lesson for students because it's not just me being a dictator. It's me being a facilitator. Now, the other thing that I do is tell kids that how long I'm going to talk. Listen, I just need 10 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, a minute, whatever it is to run this down so that you understand what's going on. So I need you to pay attention. If you're not paying attention, I'm going to ask you to step into the hallway or I'm going to give you like a, like I'm going to take points off of your project sometimes, or I'll take points off of your kickboard or whatever. Um, so it's like that sort of thing. And then I address kids directly that are talking. Now, look, when you do this, you might say like, John, I need you to stop. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm talking right now and you keep talking over me. Um, and you can be either be funny with it or you can be serious because sometimes I'll be like, it's hurting my feelings. It's just like, I feel like, I just feel like you don't care and that we're not even close anymore. Um, or you could just be stern, but either way, there's a really good chance that that student's going to go, I'm not the only one doing it, but I don't care because right now what I'm doing is, is knocking these down. Um, it's like the whack-a-mole doesn't pop up and say, but I'm not the only mole. There's other moles here to whack also. Um, it is knocking those down. And then when I can get the majority, then the kids that are still talking, I don't know. I feel like everyone starts quieting down and stuff. So it's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not here to talk about everyone else, right? Like I'm here to talk about you because I want you to find success, right? So that's the shift too. You're not, not listening to me. You're not just complying. I am up, up here actively trying to help you be successful in life. You're stopping that. Your mom doesn't want you to live in the basement. Please stop talking. And then that's how I kind of roll into that. Um, and I find, and then if that, if it's ongoing after that, it's like really holding those kids back that are being a problem and having a quick talk with them, but also holding back the kids that are doing a great job and saying, Hey, look, I just want you to know that in this class of madness, I really appreciate you because you're always quiet. You're always focused. You're always doing what's best or you redirect quickly. And I really appreciate that. All what right. Our next question comes from Declan. Says, hi, student teacher on the last week of placement. Loved it so far, but I am finding it hard to control some kids. Some kids, some just don't seem engaged no matter how hard I try and they disrupt. Any tips? Uh, so some of that Declan is going to be, I, I would imagine because you're a student teacher, 
uh, that when you are their ongoing teacher, that might change. Um, two is, look, I think, I think after you've redirected, after you've done the countdown, after you've had the conversations, after you pulled the kids in the hallway, after you've had kids and you've had like small conversations with like groups after school, like, or after class, like whether that's a group or whether it's an individual, when you've done all that, now it's just like, and you're still not doing it. I think that becomes a bigger issue now. So those are kids that I've removed from class. And I, and I know that like schools don't really like removing kids from class, but my, my idea is not to, I'm never interested in kicking kids out and like depriving anyone of an education. But if you're going to show up and you're not doing what we're doing, like if we're all walking this way and you are, you are willingly walking the other way or making a left somewhere. it's like, no, dude, we're going, we're on the way to understanding what this is or trying to figure out this problem or figure out this physics concept or whatever it is. And you're just like not doing it or you're, or you're hindering other people from, from getting to success, then you need to be removed because we need to help you recalibrate. We need to help you like understand that, like, do you realize what you're doing? Like, like let's call the principal, let's call mom, let's call somebody to come in and have a conversation with this kid. Um, I have one side of principal that told me that sending kids out of my room is, uh, was sending out my self-respect also and my control over it. And I'm not interested in control, right? So like, like I'm interested in kids being able to control themselves. I'm not trying to control students, right? I'm trying to facilitate a classroom. I am a DJ. I am masterfully like trying to weave things in and out of this so that this is an actual learning experience. that's fun and engaging and stuff, but you're always going to have, or I won't say you're always going to have, you will have though, um, sometimes occasionally, sometimes a lot kids that are just like not having it. And so those kids, in my opinion, need to be removed. Now I'll tell you this, this year at my school, we were told we're no longer allowed to remove children from class unless it's a, it's an emergency, uh, or it's like a, a, a safety thing. Um, I don't buy into that and I do it anyway. Now I'm not saying that everyone should go do that. Like, you know, have a minute in the game before you can start like calling your own plays. But, um, I, I, do that regularly. And I just have kids step in the hallway. And then I call someone and say, someone needs to help like this child, like refocus or see if something else is going on. Because sometimes there are other things at play that we don't know about. And I, it is mind boggling to me why schools don't share more information about students. So like we, we found out last week that there was, um, there was a young man that was killed in North Philadelphia that uh, I never taught it. I didn't know this young man. Um, he was shot to death and his, a number of his friends went to the school. So the school doesn't say anything about it. Like we don't get a notification. I find out through other teachers that, yo, look, here are some dudes and their friend was killed this weekend. Um, just kind of be on the outlook for some behaviors or what should we do? But the way that you really should be looked at is like, these are the students. This is what happened. These are the students that know that individual um, or that might be affected. And then here are strategies for how to help this child find success, right? So maybe it's just letting them put their head down. Maybe it's like letting them go to the counselor. Maybe it's letting them go to the social worker. Maybe that's calling home. Maybe, but there needs to be some plan in place. So the other thing for that, if your school like doesn't back you is getting teachers together that care and you all come up with a plan. You all come up with something that's going to work for that kid. Um, and that's going to, that's a whole nother conversation as to what that could look like. But I think that's where you start is like, you get people that care in a circle and you figure out, all right, 
yo, Brandon's really having a hard time. How are we going to help him win this year? Or how are we going to give him the best chance? Or how are we going to help him to stop doing this, 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 and this? And I think that's how you, you rock that situation. All right. What you got there? Oh, shucks. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was just reading other things. Um, I can sing Christmas carols. No, don't do that. Carmilla is next. And she is asking, um, one of the issues with education is the notion of if we care about the students, we will step up and do everything that it is asked. It's not sustainable. How do we not be labeled as not caring? Oh, oh, this is a great question. I am, oh, first of all, in my opinion, you looked like you were struggling. No, I wasn't. I just skipped it. I wanted to see if it was really relevant. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to pretend that I knew what that was right away. I knew it was. Thanks for dogging me. We're old. No, speak for yourself. Oh, (laughs) you're not old at all. Uh, So, you know, that, oh gosh, this is such a good question because I think that this is how often how schools get you to do more without paying you more, right? It is like we, teaching is the only job I can think of where people go in and they don't make it about the money. It's about passion. It's about wanting to help. It's about wanting to serve. It's about wanting to care. It's about like it's a it's a job it's like you showed up with love in your heart and then schools often make it so difficult for you to really do good work because it is like but now we're going to micromanage you we're going to ask you for the lesson plans and the unit plans and all the scaffolding and there's going to be 97 meetings a week and there's going to be no time after school to meet with kids and there's going to be mandatory uh after school programs and we're going to need you to sign up for all of these other things. And to, oh, yeah, on Saturday, we need you to come in for Saturday school. And there's going to be proctoring that needs to be done on this day. And we're going to tell you everything last minute. And it is a thing that is like it can be crushing to teachers. I I think this is, again, goes back to you having a strong sense of who you are and what you're about. And sometimes you need to have a group of people that help you to figure that stuff out, too, because you know, one of the things I love about grade level meetings is that it's such a reminder that other people are going through these things too, that that kid's not just being an issue in my class or that kid's or this, that one group of kids that travels around together all day, they're like, that are making your hair turn white. Um, They are, there are a lot of like teachers that are having a problem with that. And so I, I think I'm not necessarily into commiserating with other people, but I'm I'm into strategizing with other people. I'm, I'm I do appreciate when a mirror is held up and it's like, oh damn, I'm not the only one having this problem. Um, and then for me, it's going on offense, and I design what my day is going to look like. So um, I have, you know, it. And I can say this, it can make you start to feel a little crazy, like maybe they're right and you're wrong, but that's why you need the reminder of like you affirming yourself, having others affirm you, having other people like, let's figure out what normal is. Like, what does normal look like? So I have, our school has talked a lot about work-life balance this year. We're not allowed in the building when the administration's not there anymore. And that never used to be a thing. We used to be able to go in whenever we wanted to. We are... There's all these new rules and regulations and stuff like that that just seems silly. Um, and I have a friend that used to go to school at five o'clock in the morning every day, right? My my very good friend who is like 
loves the kids, loves the work, like is one of the greatest teachers I've ever known in my life. This year, they were told they're not allowed in the building until that time um, because of work-life balance uh, and deep cleaning, which we know is not really happening. But like, so instead, they just get up at five o'clock in the morning and they just, or four o'clock in the morning, they just work from home at that time instead until they're allowed in the building, which is when the principal shows up. Um, the other day, they were, it was called, a number of things that they were doing were called into to question because they weren't meeting professional responsibilities. Now, granted, there has been a lot of trauma that has happened at our school this year. And so um, last week we found out that uh, we, there was a student that was killed over the summer. We found out that a former student of ours is actually the one that killed this student, right? So you can imagine the kids finding out about this. School doesn't make an announcement, of course, but like the kids finding out about this, the teachers finding out about this. And then there's all these like little meetings that keep happening with kids that are worked up about this. Then there's just regular stuff. Like kid comes in at the end of Friday and tells me that his brother was in a terrible car accident that day. He doesn't know if he's going to be able to walk again. Another kid comes in and tells me that his mom forgot his birthday. And so it's like, these are the moments that saying yes to one thing means saying no to something else. It means that I could be doing my lesson plans for the next week, but instead I'm going to sit with this kid in their time of hurt and pain and loss and confusion. And that means I have to say no to other stuff. Now I'm not trying to get rid of my responsibilities. And I even understand some of them sometimes, some of them, but my friend got pulled into the office and was, and was uh, like, and run through the ringer for, for, for doing just that. Um, and this is, I think, a perfect example of like teachers showing up and trying to care and then being told they're not doing a good enough job because they didn't meet all these other expectations. And I'm here to tell you that your only expectation in education is kids. The education is only ever about kids. And the only way you can really care for kids and really teach them sometimes is to know them, to give them your attention, to give them your undivided attention, not half working on something and typing and listening to them also, but looking them in the eyes and letting them know that I'm really sorry that your cat died this weekend. And I'll sit here and talk to you about it. I'm really sorry that your mom forgot your birthday. That's so sad. Um, and then thinking about a way that you can have a tiny little birthday party in your classroom for that kid. I think that it is when we look at things like that and we remember that this is the reason I'm here. I'm not here for, for, for to fulfill all of your state mandated things. I'm not trying to lose my job either, but like, I just know what I'm about that gives me a level of confidence for me, Reynolds, that I never care what anyone thinks, what anyone says, like, like on a level that you couldn't believe unless you worked with me. It is only ever about kids. I'll leave meetings for kids. I'll be, I'll walk out of a PLC. I'll walk out of a professional development. I'll log off of a professional development. If I know that what needs to be done is something for students. Um, and that's what gives me the courage. So I think it's getting real clear in your mind about what you are about and why. And then when other people come at you, it's like, that's so silly. Like, even though you're saying with the most serious face and you're so earnest and you're telling me why this is so important, I still sit there with like a half smile on my face. And I'm just like, this is not like you've been fooled and I'm just not going to be fooled also. So yeah, that's where I go with that. All right. Our next question comes from it's a short question, long answer. Tracy is asking, how do you not take nitpicky comments personally on formal assessments from an evaluator that has shown a history of trying to get you versus building up people? I do a couple of things. So Trace, one, um, one, my wife doesn't even know about this. One of my tactics I 
use for self-care. I know you don't know these about me because I don't do it at home. I don't do it in front of anyone. One, I smile when things like that happen. I just go like this. That's why I do that smirk, the smirk that I got shit for in the cover of my book. I always have this smirk on my face because I'm just like, all right, okay. The other thing is, do you know that I intentionally laugh a lot of times when I feel stressed out, when I feel overwhelmed, and yes, I feel like something's going on? We I did? That I do that too because I have to force you myself. Because you, you know so I get so annoyed easily and you tell jokes easily. Like you're, you just, and it drives me insane. So my way of dealing with those and not getting annoyed at you is to just make myself laugh. And it like makes it. You like, fake laugh at my yeah, jokes? Sometimes. Yeah, when I'm being annoyed and I don't want to get any like more mad. Stop. Don't even put that face on like people don't know. Get out of here. You knew that. Whatever. <laughs> I'll be back after these messages. <laughs> we need a sadness thing. All right. So I think um the the way I deal with that is I either uh just laugh about it. I just tr- or I just like will vent to someone and figure out how I'm gonna do it better or um i just ask questions so i think sometimes so trace i recently got an observation and someone came into my room an administrator came into my room i've had seven observations this year so far um and that was that was two weeks ago three weeks ago right i had seven observations already this year from the principal from the vice principal from the ceo um and i think that's it i don't think the curriculum director came in yet but seven observations there are new teachers in my school brand new that have not had one observation this year so i have no idea where this is coming from the observation one of the things i got asked was to make i got told that my vocab review wasn't rigorous enough now my students get the words on monday on tuesday there's a review wednesday and thursday there are reviews but they scale over time so the first review that we do is just we have memes that um that either use some of the language from the definition or they like, you know, so visage, if that's the word, we might have like something like a meme that would describe it. Like you would think visage when you saw it. Right. So we were told that it wasn't, although it was fun and the, all the students were engaged and everyone was doing what we were asking to do. And the students were finding success that it needs to be more rigorous. So I said, well, the rest of the week is more rigorous, like, but we scale it as we go. Well, I think that day needs to be more rigorous. I need to see something. Okay. So I asked questions. What, in your opinion, your professional opinion, what do you think would be help us to be create a more rigorous lesson in that or more rigorous review? The answer I got was, well, I'm sure you guys can think of something. What? I'm sorry, what? Like, I thought, like, if you're coaching me, that would be like the coach saying, what you did with the football wasn't good enough that time. I need you to do better. So just do better. Okay, so what should I do next time? Well, think about something when you're out there on the field. Do better. Then I got told that I need to have my agenda on my board, which is like one of my pet peeves because it's so dumb and no one looks at it. So I do put an outline of everything we're going to do that day, but I don't put like state standards and stuff. So this is a requirement. I got told, even, even though I had it on my board this time, I was told that it wasn't good enough because it had to be color coded so the students could see the individual parts better. I don't work at a school. I work at a school where you are lucky if you have any expo marker that is like black or purple so kids can see it. I don't work at a school where we have many colors of expo markers. Where am I going to get these? And when do I have time to sit here and color coat? Like what? 
Like, it's just, it's like silly stuff like that. So when I get answers like that, Trace, I just go, all right, you, this is not useful. And I need to remind myself that I know better than this and I am better than this and that I don't need. So I go talk to my friends and I say, look, this, let me just bounce this off you and see if, make sure I'm not overreacting. This is what I just got told to go. That's so dumb. Okay. All right. You're not just saying that because you're my friend and because like we want to commiserate together or something like that. And they're like, no, that's just dumb. It's not practical. And here's why. And they go, okay, that's what I thought. And then I just keep executing. <clears throat> and at this point, Trace, I look, I like, it is a joke now in my class where the kids always go, how, how come those people come in your room all the time? I go, bro, I don't even know. So what you're doing is I'm almost looking like, all right, let's see how it happens today. What am I getting in trouble for today? Like I have too many lights on in my room or like, you know, my shades weren't open enough or like whatever. Like it's always something absurd. So I just, I'm like on the lookout for it now. It's kind of like, all right, here it comes again. I find it really funny that there's so many people that are, are surprised at the micromanaging at your school. It, this year, it has never, ever been like that before. This year, there's an enormous amount of micromanaging. Like I have to sign in every morning, but I just, I, and so I was getting in trouble because I refused to do it. I was also supposed to have a parking pass on my car. We have like 30 cars in our parking lot. It's a There's, super small I had school. I drive up to drop off something to CJ because we were like, whatever. Anyway, I drove up to your school to drop off. There's not one parking spot. No. And even the made up ones are still full. So here's why. Like, oh my God. Because the neighbors park? park in our parking lot, right? At night so that their cars don't get messed up on sure, the street, fine. right? Which makes sense. The reason we were told to have parking passes was so that we could have the neighbor's cars towed, which I'm not even into because it's like these folks don't have money to get their car unimpounded anyway. So it's like, just go tell them yeah. they can't park there anymore or lock the gates and whatever. So instead they have, give everyone a parking pass. I'm like, this is stupid. They're not going to make us use these. So then they don't. But then when there's no parking spots, I just park on the grass now I all know, the all time. Over. I there's parked like on a hill the other day multiple cars all and because I just want someone to say something to me. And then, no, they never do. And then I was told that I have to sign in. I said, why do I have to sign this? It seems silly. It seems like just like a control thing. And I said, but I'm willing to have the conversation. I was told I have to sign in because it's a safety thing, because if we have a fire drill or if something happens, we need to know who's in the building and who's not. And I said, well, that's silly because you're going to see me with my class outside. Like I stand in the same spot. Like it's just like there's a hundred reasons why that's not important. So I was told that I was going to be written up officially if I didn't agree to sign in every day. So now when I go and this is what I do. I literally take the pen and I go like this. From a line? <laughs> I just nice. go like that. Uh, I have to sign in the time and my initials. I just go like this over both of them. No one's ever said anything to me about it. Of course not. I just not. made a wiggle. I know. I just go, I go, oh, it's time to wiggle. And then I just go in and make a little wiggle. And that's it. It's really awesome. Because I just don't have time for that stuff. It's so aggravating because it's like. Why? I think people don't think that you have micromanaging at your school just because you, you just don't buy into it. I just don't do it. Don't do it. I know. And that's not always good. Like I'm not, I'm not telling everyone again, I, I feel like this needs to be a caveat. I'm not telling everyone to just leave your meetings. I'm not telling everyone to make a video. So every time you're on a zoom meeting, you have a video playing in the background and you're not really in your, in your thing, which is something I really do. Um, and then I li still listen to the meeting, but I go do other stuff and get things done. I just don't sit there in front of the camera because we have to have our cameras on now too. Right. So it's like, even if you're at home and you're like, what? I have to have my camera, my microphone on for what? So I just don't do it. I just put a video on okay. of me going like this. <laughs> and then I go do other stuff and like grade things or organize stuff or fix things. And yeah. Oh goodness. Okay. Let's, uh, here we go. Chronically speaking. After We're that, getting through like six questions today. That's right. We don't have many more actually. All right. 
uh, chronically speaking is asking, she says, I'm still struggling with exams. I have like two students passing my exams. They're open note. I will often tell them repeatedly what will be on the exams. They're short answer or for physics. Um, is there a second part of that? Yeah. She said they are calculations with formulas or hints given. I've tried making them a little easier, but I am not a proponent of multiple choice. My instructional coach suggested stepping back into the content. Uh, oh, I'm, I don't know where it is. Um, she said that they are not IEP students. These are average students. Do you have any suggestions for her? She's said in multiple comments, other things like she has them repeat back to her when the test is, when the, to bring notes, but just say that they don't bring notes. They just don't care, it seems like. And she doesn't know how to get them to have better tests. So I think one of the ways is, um, gosh, so let me think about this for a second. One, I want to ask you, if you could email me at realrapwithreynolds.com, uh, it's just, you can go to realrapwithreynolds.com and just send me a message from there, or you can just email me at realrapwithreynolds at gmail.com. Um, the physics teacher at our school is one of my favorite people in my school. He's one of the greatest teachers I've ever known. And uh, he might have a really good answer for this because um, it is the one class that the seniors like, they really love it. And not, that's not a diss to anyone else. He's just dynamic as hell. He's 9,000. He's like what crazy professor, right? He's like 9,000 miles an hour. Um, he has to have some kind of ADHD. Like he's like, but he's like super into physics and learning stuff and he knows everything. And so even kids that like, don't like school, I've heard kids in the hallway, they go, yeah, I just hate school. I like Bizzuto's class, but I hate everything else. And so my my friend, Mr. Bizzuto, is is the best. So I can, I'd be interested in what he would say. So if you want to email me, I can connect you with him, and I'm sure he would be willing to have a conversation with you, help you trying to figure something out for physics specifically. With regards to students doing and not doing work, I find that sometimes we got to take the onus off students and put it to their parents, right? So it's like sending an email cc the student on it send it to their parents hey look just so you know i'm not like this is what's going on in class there's retakes there's open notes there's all these resources all these things that my your student can do but they're not taking me up on them um and i just wanted you to make to be aware even with older kids right and i do not do a lot of parent phone calls or emails but when i'm when i do it it's because it's like this kid's making choices that are going to affect more people in his life than just him. So I need to help those folks to just at least be aware. Now, sometimes that doesn't even help, right? Sometimes parents are like, they're a senior, they're 14, they're whatever. Like this is you, I've had parents tell me it's your, I have to deal with them at home. This is your job to deal with them during the day. Literally have, have had parents tell me that before. Um, so it's like just making the connection with, with their parent or guardian sometimes is good. Sometimes you get feedback on how this kid rolls. You Sometimes you get surprised. Sometimes you get a parent that's going to help in that regard. And then um, there's only so much that you can do. I think working with your grade level team is a good move in, in that regard too, because what you're going to do is like, is that kid doing this in other class? Are kids doing this in other classes? Is this a systemic issue? Do we need to make a uh, a change as a grade level about like, when are we creating tests? When are we creating makeups? Are there too many tests on one day? So I found that uh, years ago, like I think about things like 
Mondays, you should never give a test, even if you had to push it back from the, like I was going to do it on a Friday and something got messed up and we had a fire drill or something. So it's going to be on Monday. No one remembers that it's on a Monday. So I um, do it Tuesdays. Every Wednesday is always the review is always the makeup rather after school. And then every Friday, there's always an assessment. So it's, it's systematically like every Friday, there is an assessment. We review Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Tuesday, Wednesday, they get stuff on Mondays new. So it's too full Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we review stuff. If you need to retake something, you can do it Wednesday after school. Every Friday is an assessment. Um, so the kids know right away. And then I am actively like giving those, I give those grades back. So as fast as I can. So if I can even do it on a Friday, like while the kids are working on something after their test, I will grade stuff as quickly as I can to just let them know what their grade was. And so the way that I do it is I go, listen, first, I'm going to read out grades that um, this is what you got on today's assessment, right? So whether it was a test or a quiz, uh, and I usually call it assessments because I just think that's funny. Um, I then, if a kid get is failing, I just say, uh, didn't pass. I don't tell what their grade was, right? So they don't know if they got like an eight or, or something or, or worse. I will sometimes tell kids like, you barely, you just missed passing, right? So like, if you retake this, you only need a couple points, at least just get to the passing mark. I then tell kids, and that's right after I do that, here's what you have in the class right now. So that it is never a mystery what's going on. It is the same reason I have kids do reflection sheets on Fridays where they have to fill out what is my current grade in class? What are assignments that I missed this week or that I didn't pass, right? So it's like what I missed and then things that I failed. What do I think went well this week? Uh, and do I want to continue doing next week? And what didn't I do well on this week that I want to change for next week? If you're failing, you have to get that sheet signed by a parent. I have this, this is a resource that's on my website too. If you go to realwrapwithreynolds.com and go to resources, you can get download this for free. Uh, and then that's a good way. So you're doing a couple of things there. You're putting it in the face of the kid, right? This is your grade on the assessment. This is your grade in class. Um, I need you to write this down. I need you to take it home and get it signed. Now you're creating a paper trail where like parents are in the know, students are in the know. It didn't sneak up on anybody. And so that's some of what I do. And then outside of that, there's a level where like if kids don't want to do stuff and they don't show up for things, it's like there's nothing you can do. So what you do is you focus real hard on the kids that are doing and then let those other kids know, look, when you want to catch up, when you want to do something, when you want to be a part of our class, get on board. I'm here for you to do that. But right now, like, if you don't want to do it, like, if you don't want to lift weights, I'm at the gym. I can't, I can't move your arms for you. You're not going to get muscles. So Brody actually asked me to do that at the gym the other day. He said it made it easier. Stop it. I said, I'm not doing it. Yeah. He wants to just, I don't know. Sometimes. Oh, goodness. Uh, Frida is asking, can you, can you please share the projects that you've mastered? Just an example or two for inspiration. Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think... Gosh, I'll tell I'll tell you one that's not a fun project either, but that we've really got down to a science. Our students have to do something every year that's called a declamation. This is a school wide thing where every student has to learn a certain passage from Shakespeare and say in Shakespearean English, like so in the way that it was originally read um, and repeat it in front of the class. So we read No Fear Shakespeare. Most of it we read in modern English. Some of it we read in, in the old stuff for certain reasons that I won't go into. But um, the declamations are something that have to happen uh, every year. So it's like 
uh, to bait fish with all. If it will feed nothing else, it'll feed my revenge. He has disgraced me and hindered me half a million. Uh, laughed at my losses, mocked at my gains. So you go through this whole thing. So there's a couple of ways that I, that I do this where no student wants to do it. And everyone says that they can't do it. They're not, not going to do it, that they're not going to get through. Um, and it's not even a project I particularly like. However, I've shifted that. The reason I like this project now is because it is something everyone has to do that everyone hates. There's not one kid that gets excited about this ever, 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 no matter how I pitch it, no matter how I move it, because it seems very daunting and impossible. So because you, the passages are pretty long. So the way that we've done this is I introduce it on a Monday. It is due the following Monday. But if you do it on Friday, I will give you an enormous amount of extra credit. So already we're incentivized getting it done early. I then have students, um, I then do it for them. I go, it is, you can do it. And I'm going to show you exactly how to do it. And then I do, I do one. Um, and so I, I can usually do all three of them uh, by the end of the week. Cause it just takes me a minute to remind, I've been doing them for so long. It just takes me a minute though to like remind myself. Um, and then it's about showing kids how to systematically take something that seems overwhelming and break it down into smaller pieces so that they can actually do it. So I have kids take their declamation and they break it into five to six to seven parts that make sense, right? So don't stop at a spot that's weird. Stop at a spot that makes sense. So like, don't stop like mid sentence. So um, it is breaking it up into five to seven different pieces. And then it is taking those pieces and writing them on note cards. So now all today I want you to do is just see if, how much you can learn from the first note card. And I will give extra credit um, to the person that knows the most by the end of this period. And so now it's game on. Then the next day they come in, they have to record it. So I have them record themselves on their phone saying it. I also give a recording of this, of me saying this, but with music behind it. So the kids can, or sometimes I get actors, like I find things online and then I pull in an iMovie, I put music under it. Um, and I post those on Schoology so kids could listen to those. And I tell kids one of the best ways to remember anything is to just listen to it over and over and over again and then see if you can fill in the gaps. This is how we learn songs. You don't learn a song because you know the whole entire thing right away. You learn it by going, and then you say like the part that you know, and then you look out the window again, just start mumbling like you actually know something, right? You can do the same thing with your declamation. And then it is systematically like breaking it down more and more and more over the week, helping kids get excited about how much they're learning. And oh my gosh, you already know two no cards. Yes, yeah, so great. Um, Oh, bam, he's knows three no cards. That means he's actually better than you. Can you, are you, is he better than you? I'm not really sure. And so that competitive piece works with the boys too. And then I have an enormous amount of kids that on a Friday can do it. And then I tell them, if you can learn it by the end of the day, Friday, I will still give you extra credit. Just come in after school really quick, try and do it for me. Then they do it. And then we roll it out on Monday and we have a really high success rate with a project like that. That is really difficult for most kids. I think anything else that I do is about making um, everything an experience, right? So as many experiences as I can create in the classroom from reading Merchant of Venice right now, we read in a circle, all the little caskets. there's three caskets in the play, the gold, the silver, and the lead. Those are on a table in the middle. And then every day I put in the casket what they are going to have to, like when they open it up, it's the thing is that's in there is the thing that's in the book with this little scroll. And then someone has to read it. We play music behind it. There's someone using a megaphone and yelling action. There's someone using a clapboard that I used to have back here on my shelf. 
um, that I made out of plywood. You can also get those on Amazon. Um, I have a kid that's in charge of sound effects. I have kids that are in like that. So when we're reading in a circle, I'll often like move around and tell kids like, you're going to read this part really pissed off. You're going to read this part. You're super happy. You're really sad. You're depressed. You're angry. Um, so you're constantly, you're like, it is like this thing that you are facilitating, but in a way where you're more like a conductor conducting this, this experience of reading this together instead of just reading it. And that does, that sounds real extra. It's not, it's like, so such simple change. Like if you saw me do it, you'd be like, Oh, that's all it is. But it really takes your reading from here to here. And it makes it an experience that the kids look forward to every day. We good uh, I'm or trying to, yeah, I'm trying to link the HMH. Chestnuts roasting no, on an open fire. Jack Frost no. nipping at your Why don't you nose. remind people that you're doing the HMH? Hey, well, let me remind you about this. On uh, January 22nd at 11 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, it's 11 a.m. Eastern time. We're doing the Prioritize the You and Us workshop. It is free. Um, it's something that I was going to do, and, and like I did my workshop in the beginning of the year, and uh, charge. But HMH was like, no, why don't we do it together? We'll we'll pay, they're paying me to do it. So it's free to you all. Um, so at the end of the show, I'm going to put the link right underneath in the comment section. I'll pin it at the top. It'll be the top comment. So if you're listening to this later, you can go in there, just click on it, sign up um, and tell your friends it's free. And what we're trying to do is help folks that are like, you were so excited about the year and then just went left like many Eagles games. I already and um, you put the link in brilliant. And right. you, uh, that's how, that, and so we want you to help you win. I thought you wanted me to talk about that. Okay. Yeah, I want you to be done. <laughs> I want to ask, uh, answer, have you answer this one last question before we go. Got it. Um, Cherie's asking, I am good at building relationships and classroom management for middle school, but I am switching to high school. What are good consequences if you need them if a class won't settle down for high school? Uh, I think it is, first, first of all, on the front end, I find that like we used kickboard this year and it's one of those things I didn't want to do, but I think it really, I think it's a really great app. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think that really it's effective and it works on students. Um, I take points off of assignments sometimes because part of assignments is participation and your participation is going down because you are distracting someone else. You're off task. You're doing whatever. Right. Um, and I don't do that off tests or off projects or anything like that because it's, it is really like, I want assignments to be to reflect your mastery of content, not your behavior. Um, I have given detentions before. I haven't given detention in a long time. And my detentions are not regular detentions where you sit there. My detentions are like, you got to clean the room or you got to like do some kind of weird task that I want you to do. That's, you know, like uh, I used to draw circles on the board and then color them, fill them in with chalk. And then you had a rubber band, you had to flick it until it was erased and you could leave when it was done. It was really funny. Um, I have kids do like community service stuff around the school, things of that nature. Or I just talk to them about like their behavior and stuff like that. I I'll say though that like really I find that it's building the relationships that helps mitigate or, or minimize your amount of like negative consequences. Like at this point when, when I'm disappointed in a student, I go, bro, I'm really disappointed in your behavior right now. That like hits kids in such a way where they just stop doing that stuff but that takes work like that takes months of work to actually get there um but so that's that's big but i think it is um 
it is dealing with things like, you know, Hey, I'm going to tell you once, if I tell you again, like, bro, do I have to call home? So let me run this down for you. Let me run down for you. What this phone call will sound like if I have to call home. Hey, yeah, this is, uh, you know, Smith. Um, Hey, this is Mr. Reynolds. Um, And I was calling because I had in, uh, a moment in class today where your son is like really not finding success. This is what was happening in class. Um, It's actually hurting his grade. And I think that he's not going to master the content. So he's not going to do well in the quiz this Sunday. And that's, or this Friday. And that's really important because we're almost at the end of the quarter. And I just want to see him win. Um, I was wondering if maybe you could have a talk with him or something. And then that becomes like, or, or your kid was doing this. I asked them to be quiet and your son kept mooing like a cow in class. Like, so it's like, let me just tell you on the front end what this conversation is going to potentially sound like. And do you want that to be a conversation? Now, a lot of kids will say no, and they just stop. Other kids will be like, I don't care. I don't care if you call my mom. Okay. So, and then he like, wasn't really worried about me calling and said he didn't care, like made a big thing about it in class. I just wanted you to know, because you know, he's not going to win if this is happening. So it's like showing what that look like. And then I don't actually call home. I always email because calls take too long and I don't want anything to get lost in translation. I don't want them to say your teacher said this. And then it's like, no, I didn't do that. And they're like, well, that's what you said. I want it to be in writing and I want to CC the student on it. So there's nothing lost in translation. If this parent wants to talk after that, great. But I want them to be able to have that conversation with their student first. So I find that that's what works best. And, you know, when that doesn't work, it's usually really leaning into your personality. I use jokes a lot. I joke around about a lot, a lot of things um, where I just like, will make fun of kids or I tease them or I do something silly or I just will walk around the room with an expo mark and I just like draw on their paper and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, you weren't doing anything with it anyway. Um, and then, but that has to be carefully done because it's only done with kids that I know. It's only done with kids that I know it's going to work with. Like I don't tease kids or make fun of kids or be silly with kids that can't take it or don't like that sort of thing. Um, so navigating that is it's something you just want to be careful with and make sure because because the reason we're doing any of those things is student success is what we want and so it's figuring out how best to communicate with any given student some kids i have to be stern with some kids i have to raise my voice with some kids i can be silly with some kids i can draw on their desks or draw on their papers or i put dots on their hand with expo markers and go uh, and they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, you weren't, you weren't doing anything. I couldn't think of another way to get your attention. I just wanted to stay with you. So now every time you see that dot today, I want you to remember, do better because uh, you're not paying attention. Stop looking at your hand. It's weird anyway. Um, so stuff like that, like that's how I do it. So look, we're going to call it there, gang. This is uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are playing the Jets today. I'm going to go watch that right now. And then I'm going to go put up Christmas lights outside of my house. Um, lastly, I just want to remind you of this, that, uh, is really you are important that you need to prioritize yourself in this holiday season. So please like do something for yourself when you're Christmas shopping, get yourself. I know, I know that Starbucks line of targets really long, you know, but like get the app, prioritize your drink, get yourself like one of those delicious drinks or stop at Chick-fil-A and get yourself one of those delicious peppermint, like uh candy cane milkshakes. Sweet tooth in this house. <laughs> or go to Cinnabon, get one of those center of the roll things <laughs> oh or you know, when you're waiting in line at Home Goods and they have all that weird, actually, that stuff's garbage. It's never good. Home Goods candy is just, it looks like such a good idea. And then it's just it's filled with sadness. So, anyway, um, it's there. 
enjoy it. Enjoy the holiday season. Enjoy being around all that stuff and, and try and find joy in some of the stuff that you're doing. And don't make these last couple of weeks really hard at school. Don't give your kids work over break. Don't give yourself a lot of grading over break. If you need to, take that work on a little ride and drive it home with you so we can come home and celebrate Christmas with you and then bring that ungraded work right back to work when you get back. Enjoy yourself and don't go into your your break dead. Um, one last time, January 22nd on a Saturday, 11 a.m., we're doing this uh, collaboration with HMH. It is a free professional development uh, with question and answer and stuff, and you can get all the in, uh, information and stuff by signing up in the link below uh, for this free event. And that's it, gang. It's Eagles time. Anything else, wife? Yep. All right. See you next week. week. We'll be around next week. Yep. All right. See you next week. Peace. Peace.